Chapter 28, A Terrible Accident in a Woodmont Visit, On a beautiful and sunny morning in 1987, I was on a sales call, which again took me to Coldwater Canyon in Beverly Hills. The narrow road, one lane in each direction, is lined with trees and bushes. I was at a red light when suddenly, bam! I felt my back crack as my car slammed forward towards oncoming traffic, horns blared as I jammed my foot to the floor, trying desperately to get the brakes to work. I was being pushed from behind. Luckily, I came to a stop in the lane of oncoming traffic before I hit anybody. I checked my rearview mirror and saw the silver hood ornament of a Mercedes-Benz. My car was bent in half. The roof was pitched up in the center like a tent. I thought to myself, at least I was hit by a Mercedes, the other driver jumped out of the car and screamed. I'm so sorry. It's my fault. I was on the phone. He had admitted his guilt, but then his story changed. Meanwhile my injuries were substantial. Doctors said I might never walk again. I couldn't work, I started thinking maybe the world would be better off without me in it. My mind wandered to thoughts of heaven and hell and Father Divine. Thoughts of Father Divine were like a light. And I started to follow them. Thinking back on our talks when I was young, and all that he had taught me, and I wondered if there wasn't some greater meaning in life. I decided maybe the accident was meant to be, to bring me back to Woodmont. So I picked up the phone and called Mother, Peace, this is Woodmont. Peace this is Tommy, I managed, and before I could say another word I was patched through to Mother, Peace Tommy, she answered. Peace, Mother, I was in a really bad car accident. I see, she said, it would be nice for you to come home. When can I come? I asked. I will have something arranged. I'll send you a letter. A few days later I received a certified letter, which read so businesslike and detached. It stated, it is because you call Woodmont home and you claim me as your mother that I am willing to make the following offer to you even though you do not claim to be a follower and are not endeavoring to wholeheartedly follow Father Divine's teaching. The Palace Mission Church would be willing to use your volunteer services for four months in exchange for paying your travel expenses to and from California and giving you room and any board during your stay. It would be necessary for you to provide any spending change that you might need for any personal or recreational purposes. You should regard this as going away to college or on a religious retreat for this length of time. I knew she had dictated the letter to a secretary, which meant she had to keep a certain formality. An audio tape accompanied the letter, from Dr. Wayne Dyer, the author of several self-help books today, giving a talk titled Everything in Life is a Choice. I left for Woodmont with a purpose. I was going to give being a leader a real go, on arrival, I found my room was unchanged. There was a blue and pink Easter basket sat on the bed with a big yellow bunny and a banner that said. Welcome home, Tommy. Woodmont misses you. I thought it was a bit odd for a grown man, but I shrugged and unpacked, there was a knock at my door and a man said, Master Tommy, he said. You have been called to the main house. I went to father's old office, now occupied by mother. The seats along the side of the room, which had been reserved for secretaries, sat empty. The only women in the room with her were standing by her side. Their faces were only vaguely familiar to me, 
as all of my old friends seemed to have either abandoned the movement or been kicked out. I looked to mother, who nodded at me and said, Peace, welcome home, Tommy. Peace, mother. I hope you are planning to be more serious about Father Divine and his divinity than you have been in the past. I could see Father's white and bronze tomb gleaming in the distance directly behind Mother. It had been built in its spot so that it could always be seen from the office, Father had told me he was not God, I wondered if he had ever told her, I think we should visit with some of the followers. Tommy. I've invited some here tonight for banquet, and later this week we should go down to the Divine Tracy to let our followers know we are still united. Of course, I agreed. Then I started to think the reason she had agreed to my visit was not so that I could get well and help lead. She wanted me to help her credibility among the followers. After some more small talk, I went back to my room to get ready. I dressed, as was expected, in a full three-piece suit. Just like the ones father used to wear. I walked back to the house and to the kitchen to see if there were any familiar faces. On my way over I was greeted by Roger Klaus, the rotund man who had taken over one of the inner circle spots closest to mother after father died. I didn't care for him when suddenly appeared in the movement, and I cared even less for him as an advisor to mother. The prodigal son returns. He said as I walked by. Somebody had shouted that to me the last time I visited as well. It was apparent that was what my title was within the movement. I asked. Roger what happened to happy love? Ha, 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 he laughed. He got kicked out for being a homo, he said it spitefully, which surprised me, he was never a true believer. There's no room here for non-believers, he said, staring me in the eye, sure, I said, breaking his gaze and walking on. I went through the upper kitchen and sat at the small table near the butler's pantry. One of the first people I saw was mother's seamstress, Judy Butterly. She was getting tired. It seemed, how are you, Judy? I asked, been better. Things aren't like they used to be, she said, what do you mean? Mother's not been very kindly to me, and I've got a bad leg. She's been telling me to just keep sewing and keep my head down. She stopped talking when Philip Life walked in, another of mother's new advisors. Judy returned to her work, head down, and I walked away without saying a word. Peace, Master Tommy, a few people I encountered said. Peace, I replied. The table was set with fine china and silver, but not as elegantly or elaborately as the banquet tables had been upstairs. I took my spot to the right of the head of the table. We were waiting for mother to arrive. Two empty seats remained until she took the seat opposite me, leaving the head empty with a plate set for father, after the dishes had been passed around the room, and everybody was served, mother leaned across the table and said, I'm going to say a few words, Tommy. I would appreciate it if you would as well. I nodded at her, she stood and got straight to business. I know that many of you have never believed in my deity. People shifted in their seats, and some looked down at their food. Roger Klaus and Philip Life looked up at her intently, I was chosen to be here, a chosen one. Father will return again, and until then I am the future of the peace mission. You need to respect me. You need to respect the will of Father, for he is all around. We are all in this together. 
you must recognize my deity as if we are together. Her words were hollow. I don't think even she believed what she was saying. She had none of father's charisma, and the message bounced around in the kitchen's empty spaces, never landing their mark. She looked to me for help. She was bobbing her head, imploring me to get up, I thought about what I could say that wouldn't be complete bullshit. I looked at the mountains of vegetables before us and decided to talk about her health food initiative, Mother Divine should not have to explain herself. Look at what she has done for you. She taught you the proper foods to eat. You all look great. We both took a seat, and she smiled across the table at me, looking satisfied. Then a grainy recording started from a speaker in the corner of the room. The same old recordings, it is all because of graft and greed and selfishness and the impracticalness of humanity. Let us get away from those places in consciousness where men are merry surmising heaven to be something mythological, imaginary. But bring our mythological concepts into actuality and put them into practice as a living reality. After dinner, I followed mother back towards the stairs, and all of the people in the kitchen bowed their heads as she walked past. It put an odd taste in my mouth, watching everybody bow to her. Father had never asked anybody to bow to him, we took the stairs together, out to the main hall, where the other followers fell into conversation around the room. Mother gestured for me to join her and said. Loud enough for only me to hear, I can't thank you enough for supporting me. Right in front of all of them, you supported me. I love you for that. I felt light-hearted that night as I left the main house with the other followers. I returned to the brothers' quarters as it was getting dark, with the few brothers who remained. We walked through the garage and down the main hallway. When we got to the main living space, Philip went to the gun safe and opened it. It was fully stocked with guns and ammunition as it had always been. He took out a rifle and started cleaning it. I continued past the armory to the TV room. Just like when I was young, they watched kids' shows, I didn't stay long with the brothers before heading to my room. I was still the only person on the property with their space. I was trying hard to get to sleep in my small bed, but the room was incredibly dark, and my mind kept running, keeping me from a full night of slumber. The next morning, after breakfast, mother sought me out, Miss Harmony Faith is coming to Woodmont. She has something to say to you, she said. I will make sure she talks with you. Then a black sedan rolled onto the estate, and I walked outside. When I got to the driver's side window, I saw her, my biological mother. Her once dark hair had gone completely gray, and the olive tone her skin once held had completely washed away. When she locked eyes with me, the expression that crossed her face didn't make sense. She didn't look happy to see her long-lost son, she didn't look mad. She looked like nothing was happening. I tapped on the window, and she rolled it down, Peace, Miss Harmony Faith. Can I speak to you for a few minutes? I asked. Peace, Tommy, she replied, Mother said you had something to say to me, I said, Mother does want me to talk to you, she said, Well, can we go somewhere private and talk? No. She opened the car door and stood beside it. We can talk here. Fine, I said. For years I've had incredible animosity towards you. Now, I see that you wanted the best for me. 
and I still love you. I'm proud of you, Tommy, and the man you've become, but you are not my son. The word stung. She did not react to my hurt, I gave you up in 1962. I gave you to Father and Mother Divine. They are your parents. I know, they are everybody's parents. No, Tommy. She interrupted. They are not your spiritual parents. They are your real parents. You were always for them, and Mother is your only mother. I hadn't been alone with her in 26 years. All I wanted to know was why she did it. I wanted some resolution towards what had happened. Why did you do it? I asked. I wasn't a true believer when I first met Louise. When we were going to the dinners in California it was a nice escape, but then one day it hit me. I felt the spirit, and I knew it was what I had to do. I had to go and seek the spirit. And look, Father has blessed you to live on his estate. Mother Divine considers you her son. You can have anything. I wondered if she knew Mother had tossed me aside the moment Father died. If she knew what had happened to me at the estate. If she even cared what happened to Susie, you must visit Mother more. You are Mother Divine's son, and I am Mother Divine's daughter. I am not your mother, Tommy. There is no more Georgia Garcia.